Okay, so on your the tag, yeah, I kind of just threw that out there. Uh, okay, so did y'all catch there? Y'all aren't saying that last no other name like Jesus. Some of y'all were about to. Like, like. <laughs> Sorry. So that will be after, um, after we all come together on, uh, you are good all the time. When I do this, that's when it goes into that halftime and it's, you are good all the time, all the time. You are good. You are good. Okay. So let's start back at that, um. Second chorus again, two again. We'll probably flip up. That's a different song. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you could. No, no, that's not. That's weird. There's plenty on here. Don't worry. No, no. Like a good father? Is that what you wanted to do? <laughs> okay, let's start back at two. Yeah, we will. Um, on that. You are good all the time. All the time. You are good. You are good. All the time, all the time, you are good, you are good. All the time, all the time, you are good, good. Good. Okay, so let's start on two and then go all through that and then to the ending. Okay.
questions on that one? We good? Are we good? <laughs> okay, yeah, just remember when I say two, it goes back to you are good all the time and your love endures forever. It's hard to remember all that. Uh, okay, now we're going to go over Fight My Battle. Uh, Kylie's going to play this song.
open we know this one y'all picked it over break out i was shocked well mason and ash <laughs> okay so um verse verses collie do you sing the verses on this i thought i got you to sing them last time Okay, so Kali, sing the verses on this. And we know the chorus. Breathe on us, spirit, come, cure our hearts desire. And then from there we like, could sing this song with our eyes closed. Sometimes we do.
Okay, any more questions? Yeah, I, I kind of want it to just almost drown out from that musical, that music uh, instrumental, and then us kind of come in real soft. Okay, uh, so if that's it, try to make it into the prayer room. You have 20 minutes. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, too.
Welcome to Youth Sunday, December, the last Youth Sunday of the year. Wow. It's crazy thinking about that, thinking about that we've had, we've had 12 of these bad boys this year. It doesn't seem like a lot, I'm going to be honest, but it seems like a lot at the same time. Uh, let's go ahead and stand up. We are excited that each and every single one of you are here tonight to support the youth, but also to get something from God tonight. Yes, amen. I truly believe that there was a battle probably tonight of whether or not to go. It's raining a little bit, so maybe I don't need to go. Oh, it's, it could get, it's not real cold, but it could get cold. <laughs> and so maybe I need to stay home. And I'm being honest because I've thought these thoughts and I live literally there. And so, I'm just going, there. (laughs) You get it, okay? But the reason that you chose to be here, the reason that God was wanting to pull you to get here, and the reason that the enemy was fighting for you to not come here, you will discover tonight whenever you begin to worship God, when you begin to glorify Him, when we step into His presence, everything will be made clear. So as we move into worship... Let's lift up every hand. Let's close every eye and say, God, I give you glory and honor in this place tonight. God, you have something for me, and I want to grab it tonight, Jesus. We give you all of the glory in Jesus' name.
No, you didn't excellently miss this morning, but you missed an excellent word from Pastor. And this thing just stuck out, and he said it so beautifully. And if you weren't there, I'll paraphrase. But he was talking about how back in the day when you had a car, you had to get out and you had to crank it. You had to physically crank the engine for it to start, for you to start your journey, for you to get to where you're going. And then you could tell a rich person because they could sit in their car and just crank it there. They didn't have to get out. They didn't have to manually push up and down and crank and crank. And I just think it's so funny because now we kind of have that too, where instead of putting it in and twisting it, now you got cars with little buttons. You just put your foot on the brake and you just, and it's like, and it's like, it's so easy. It's so easy. And then there's a tier ahead of it where people on their keychains can just start the car. You don't have to even get in your car to start it. And I thought that it was so awesome that we have that exact connection to the Lord through prayer. And our little button is prayer. And he said that just the second that you call on him, he's immediately there. And he's immediately willing to listen to you and to hear you and to help you. That's all that he's here for is for us. He wants us to want him because he wants us. And it's just so, so amazing that we just have such a power and such, such Wow, I really lost my words. But it's just so, it's just so, this just this amazing, amazing thing that we have within ourselves that we can call on him at any second, and he's just there. And I'm not, I, I really do, I want to brag because we have an energetic bunch up here that is so willing and eager to pray. And we got some young bucks up here that are praying so hard, and they've changed so many lives within the youth and outside of the youth in their schools. And so I challenge you as I read through this prayer list that you have an eager prayer. God just wants you to eagerly want him and want to talk to him how amazing is it when someone comes up to you and wants to know about you wants to know how you're doing and that's what God wants from us and so as I go through this list just if in the spirit just pick a name or pick several names or pick a situation and eagerly pray to him pray to him about you or anything that you feel called to so for sister Renee Flowers for Christy Sullivan Dennis Shannon Charles Earer, Linda Ferris Rhonda Sissons Veronica Smith Robert Newberry Jimmy Black Michael Barnett we pray for Katie Mercado, Alex Stevens, Vicky Says, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gambery, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Lois Weems, Chaplin, Steve Gibbs, Kathy Caldwell, George and Mildred Platt, Nelson and Missy Miller, Michael Green, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bross, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Tronado, and then we also have a special prayer for Robert Newberry. And so just please, just eagerly and eagerly just try to talk to him because that's what we have. We have this power inside of us where the second we call on him, he's there. The second that we want him, he's there. The second that we have a need, he's there. And he's so ready to provide and so ready to give. It just relies on us. 
So, Lord, as we go into this time of prayer, Lord, thank you for being a God that will show up. Thank you for within a millisecond, with sooner than a millisecond, you're already there and you've never left, but you become so apparent from the second that we want you, the second that we need you. And I pray for these people and I pray for these families, Lord, that you become so apparent and so abundant in their lives that it has to change, Lord. It has to change because when you're around, things have to change, Lord. Nothing less than perfect can exist with you, Lord. And so, Lord, just take over and thank you so, so much, God. Thank Thank you so, so much. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, we know that praise is our weapon tonight. Yes, praise is our weapon tonight. Come on and lift your hands. Can we just lift our hands right now? We just talked about some needs, and we're going to take these needs up to God. And there's one thing that we can do. We can pray and we can worship through our circumstances. In the name of Jesus, come down right now, God. Touch these people, God. Touch these needs. We know you are able and you are willing to do it, Jesus. God, I worship your name. I worship your name. Yes. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my
This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by the God Almighty. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. slipped on her house shoes and comfy clothes and you wanted to stay home, but you came and we thank y'all. Yes. Second of all, I like to say a mission for all of y'all for this week. The beginning of this week, I prayed and I said, God, I just want to be a light this week. God, move in me for people to see you through me. And I did. All the people I made eye contact with this week, I smiled. I said, hi. I said, good morning. I was almost late to class because this lady I've never met before talked to me for three minutes, and I was almost late. And it was phenomenal. But the thing is, this week at the beginning of the school year was probably the week that I got the most backlash, the week that I was brought down the most by my peers. I was abutted in the joke. It was, it was bad. It hurt my heart. And I was like, God, I was a light. I did what you wanted me to do. Why, why did I feel like this? And I was like, God, I need an answer. Please answer me. So I went through this week, and I just finished off to be a light. And then I went to church this Sunday morning. I went to class, Sister Kylie. And guess what? It was about being a light. And I was like, ooh, what a coincidence. And then I was like, it's not a coincidence at all. That's good. And one thing stood out. She said, whatever how big your light is, the enemy will try its hardest to snuff it out. And I was like, 
Jesus. The people I was getting mad at the most, the people who were ridiculing me the most, needed the light the most. They needed you. They needed to see you. And what I challenge you to do, it's just, it, it can just be a smile to anybody who needs it. Just a good morning to people you don't see. That's all you got to do. Just smile at the person next to you. It's kind of easy. And I thank you. And I'd like us for the offering to come for us to bow our heads. Jesus, I come to you for the people. God, that you will fill them with you. That you will bless them spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. God, help them be the light. Help them when people see them, they see you through them, God. And I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Chucky.
Jesus, we've already felt your spirit in this place tonight. You've already begun to move. You've already begun to stir. You've already begun the work that you have had planned for this night. And God, I pray that we don't get in the way. Pray that God, that I don't get in the way. But Lord, you have your will. That you do what you want to do tonight. And God, we just respond to you. God, that we just obey you. God, that we just go where you want us to go. That we listen to your voice and we look for your eyes to guide us tonight. Whatever bondage, whatever yoke, whatever burden. In the presence, God, of you tonight, let it be broken. Let us let go, God, of what we have held on to. Jesus name Jesus name this isn't new to me but I often battle with what message to preach I take it very seriously and heavily what God wants me to preach from this pulpit and so oftentimes I get torn and in limbo of what message what to do and and so I usually flip back and forth several times and so I decided to go with the safe route and as I began to do that God began to convict me and began to let me know that that wasn't the word he wanted shared with you tonight and there's and I like to preach with Everything written down, the manuscript that if I panicked and I wanted Sterling to come preach for me, he could do a good job of it because everything was written down. And I don't have that for what he's wanting to speak to you tonight. And that scares me. Because I don't want to fail. But there's something that God is willing to share with someone here tonight, even if it's just through, just to me to let go of some things, to cast some things out of our own hands tonight, even if it's my own message, that I believe, and you have already felt it, that God is moving in some way. You don't understand it yet. You don't know exactly what it is, but all we have to understand is that it's going to be for our good. And so I want to give you time, media. I gave you every scripture except what I'm using. If we can go to Ecclesiastes 11, 1 through 6. Ecclesiastes 1 through 6. I'm going to give it up for our, our youth praise team while they're finding it. You guys mean the world to me, to my wife. We love you. The church loves you. The church believes in you. We believe in you. God believes in you. And I've shared it before, but the enemy believes in you. So every battle that you face, everything that you go through, everything that we battle is confirmation of the potential that we have. So if you have the scripture, say amen. If you don't have it, we got it. Ecclesiastes 11.1. Through six, and it says, Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even eight, 
For if you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth, if the clouds are full, they rain, and they pour out rain on the earth, and whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, wherever the tree falls, there it lies. One who watches the wind, and listen to this, one who watches the wind will not sow. And one who looks at the clouds will not harvest. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how the bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so do you not know the activity of God who makes everything. Sow your seed in the morning and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether one or the other will succeed or whether both of them alike will be good. And you may be seated. So this scripture, this passage, is it's written by King Solomon. Solomon known to be very wise, one to be known that in his reign of the kingdom that there was a lot of prosperity because of the wisdom that he asked for God to receive and was given to him. So we know that oftentimes we like to read Proverbs for wisdom. We like to read the book of Proverbs because of the wise words spoken. So knowing that in Ecclesiastes, if it's written by the same man, you know that the advice, the wisdom that is imparted is not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to be skimmed over, but it is something beneficial to your world practically and to your world spiritually. And so as I read the scripture before, a few things stuck out to me. And the first one beginning is the very, the very top part says, cast your bread on the surface of the water. Some translations say the seed, some say grains, but what it's talking about here is the beginning form of something that will be fruitful, the beginning form of something that will be substance, that will be, it's the bread, but before it's ever the bread, it's the grain. Because the grain at first is something to hold on to. It's something, but it's not anything yet until it is put in the correct place, able to be cultivated, harvested, and grown into something that is beneficial for feeding, for giving strength. And so when it says, cast your bread, cast your seed out onto the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. The people that he's talking to here oftentimes were farmers, people that grew their own food, the people that they didn't go to Walmart, they didn't go to Aldi's, they didn't go to Brookshire's to get their food, but they oftentimes grew it themselves. So we oftentimes talk about harvest spiritually, but don't put a lot of weight on that word harvest. But the people that he's talking to here, a harvest was livelihood. A harvest, if they weren't able to reap anything, if they weren't able to harvest anything, their family would not eat. They would not prosper. They would not get what they were needing to live if a harvest did not come. And before a harvest can ever come, seed must be planted. Before the bread is ever there, something, an action must be taken. A seed must be planted before you could ever begin to develop the harvest that you are needing to live, to succeed, and to thrive. But what it says here is it doesn't say plant the seed in the perfect ground. Plant the seed in the soil that you've been preparing for months. But it says cast it on the waters. That this environment was not perfect for farming. That this, this field, it was not ready. It was not good from the, from the human eye to be ready for farming, for cultivating. But it says, does not say wait until the water recedes. To plant the seed doesn't say wait till the water goes away and everything is perfect for it to go. But it says cast it on the water. 
And then after many days, it will be returned to you. That can be scary if we now, let's not talk about grain anymore. Let's flip it over because obviously we're not going to talk about actual grains tonight. And you're going to go buy whole grain bread tonight and think I understood what Stephen was preaching. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is faith is a seed. Oftentimes in the Bible, faith is referred to as a seed because it is something first. Faith is something. We've all been given a measure of faith. We have faith, but before it's ever becoming something that can move mountains, before it's ever something that can touch your neighbor, before it's ever something that can change your life, it has to be planted first. But we know oftentimes in our life that the fields aren't always going to be perfect for planting seeds. And in this situation, it's not. It's saying, cast them out on the water. Because you're not going to know where they go when you do this. You're not going to know where the wind is going to blow and where the current is going to take the seed. But after many days, it will be returned to you, as Scripture says. But we like to wait. I like to wait. I want it to be perfect. I want to go, well, if this is my livelihood, if, this is, if my reputation is on this, if, if all, I, I want to make sure it goes exactly where I want it to go. But what it's saying here is if you cast it on the waters... And it it leaves your hand, and it's no longer in your hand anymore. It is now entering into the hand of God. That that seed that you once had control of, that could have been some bread, released from your hand is now in the hand of God to be cast, to be moved, to flow wherever he is wanting it to go. And when the water recedes, when the season changes, when it's the perfect time for God for you to receive that blessing, you will find it coming back to you. But as we move down in this scripture, it says, one who watches the wind will not sow. And the one who looks at the clouds will not harvest. I'm an overthinker. My wife can attest to this. I overthink to a fault. I overthink and I overanalyze and I think about things that could happen and things that probably won't happen, but it could And I think about all these things that could go wrong until I eventually don't take any action because I have thought and overanalyzed every possible negative outcome. And then nothing happens. But what it's saying right here is the farmer that watches the wind and says, and look, he's got the grain. He says, I know I need to plant this for my family to eat. I need to plant this for my prayer to be answered. I need to plant this for what I'm needing to happen to happen. But but, but, the, but the wind is, the wind's blowing too, too much. The, uh, the, uh, the clouds, it might, it might rain and it might wash it away. This, this could happen. I could, get, I could get made fun of. I could, I could step out in faith, but will, will I have enough money for the next week? I could do this, but everything doesn't seem perfect yet. And it says if you look to the clouds and you look to the wind, you will not reap or you will not harvest Because you have looked and you have analyzed and you have thought and you have looked to the environment first before you ever planted the seed and held on to the potential that God gave you for yourself. This is what Ecclesiastes is talking about. It's not talking about grain. It's not talking about an actual bread. It's talking about your life. It's talking about... Us as humans wanting the condition to be perfect. And if you look, and I know Brother Seth had preached it when he was here, and it's, I don't like to piggyback off of people, but I can't not talk about it. And 
It's the, it's the story of Felix in the Bible in the book of Acts where Paul is imprisoned. And as Paul is ministering, Felix is, he's, he's a Roman and he's kind of stirred by it. And it says that he trembled at the teaching, that he was, he was stirred by this. And he thought, I, I need to get a hold of what this Paul is preaching. I need to get a hold of this. I need to bring him towards me. I need to learn about this. But, but if I do it now, then, then people might think a certain thing. If I do it now, then I might lose my position. If I do it now, then people might think differently. So, so Paul, I need you to go on. And whenever it's a convenient season, I will call on you. And you never hear from Felix again in the Bible. Because the, conven- the convenient season will never be here to plant the seed. The convenient time for you to step out will never come. The, the convenient time for you to give everything to God is never going to be there. But it's going to be the time when you decide that now is the acceptable time. That we have 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 that says, At a favorable time, I listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is a time, is a favorable time. Behold, now is a day of salvation. You can wait until the weather's perfect. You can wait until your finances are all in order. You can wait until your marriage is perfect. But you're going to keep waiting, and you're going to die with a handful of grain and never a harvest. We've had too many people not just dying of physical starvation, but spiritual starvation. Holding a handful of grain, a handful of potential that you could have been a minister. You could have been a light in your school. You could have been the one that turned the family around. But instead, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't, everything wasn't in line yet. And so you held on to it and nothing changed. Because the convenient time never came. But God is saying right now is that time. Tonight, you have been given something. You've been given a prayer. You've been given a calling, a burden, a talent. But you have something that needs to be given to God. But fear and hesitation has blocked your vision. But if that grain is never cast on the water, it can never produce what God has intended for you. Because I know we can go through life and we can say, I know that this isn't what God intended for me. I know that what I'm fighting, there's no way this could be God's plan. And the whole time you have this handful of grain and you're holding on to it going, no, I need, I need to control this. I need, but I don't understand why my life is in shambles. I don't understand why I'm not moving forward. I don't understand why I'm in a rut. So I need to hold on to this grain so when everything's perfect, then I can let it go. Then I can let go. Of it. Then I can let go and allow God to move. But He will not move if He doesn't have control of your life. You say, "How do I know that I have something to give, something to offer?" And we have Hebrews thirteen twenty one that says, "Equip you in every good thing to do His will, working in us which is pleasing in His sight." We are called. In the scripture it says that many are called and few are chosen. And I've kind of rattled my brain of what, why would that be? You know, why are some chosen but when all of us are called? And so I began to think, I can call you and you don't have to be near me. I can get on my phone and I can call any of you and I can be 100 miles away and I can call you. But it's not until you come to me that I can choose you for something. That I can call you and I'm not in the building, but it's not until I walk in here and I see all of you that I can choose you to help me with an illustration. And so we hear the call, we feel that pull, we feel like God is wanting more from us, that God is wanting us 
start something that God is wanting us to keep pushing forward. But we don't ever answer the call. Therefore, we're not chosen to do his work or chosen to experience his purpose and his promise. But who he calls, he equips. You have grain. You have potential. You have something that's going to benefit your world and the kingdom of God. Grain is potential. Grain is something in your hand. But it can be something that's so much more when it's released from your hand. When it's planted, it's hard Sometimes, though, to leave empty-handed. Because if you go to the field and if you, you work and you dig and you get dirt underneath your nails and you sweat and you bleed and you pour out everything into the field and then you plant everything you have, you plant the seed, you walk home and you have less than when the day started. And you're worn out and you're tired and sometimes that's how walking And following after God feels, it feels like I'm pulling out everything and I want a little something back, but I'm not getting anything yet. Because you have let go of the only thing you had in your hand, which was that potential, which was that prayer, which was that burden. And whenever you give it up, that can be hard. Because that was the one thing you seemed to have had control over at the time. But a lot of times we hold on to things when we're so much weaker than the God and the hand that could be holding it. I used to work, and I've mentioned it the last Youth Sunday, I'll probably keep mentioning it, that I used to work at Camp John Mark, and I was certified to work in the, on the ropes course. And it was rock climbing, zip line, and everything like that. And so we had to go through this, this training to get certified. And so to do that, you were extremely high off the ground, and I am afraid of heights. And so we had these these hooks that would hook onto the poles that we were on, and there were telephone poles. They were several thousand feet up, I think. And so we would climb up. Don't worry about it. And so I was good as long as I could hold on to it. I had, I had two steel hooks attached, but as long as I held on, I felt safe. But what I had to do at one point was use, use both hands to move one hook to the other. And that scared me. That I had to lean back, put all of my weight onto what was holding me to the pole, to the ropes course, and let my hands go so I could do something else. And, I, and, and they were telling me, they were informing me, they're like, listen, these, these hooks that you are attached with, these, these cables that are holding you up can hold two full-grown elephants. You're okay. But I wanted to hold on. Because I can hold so close to two grown elephants. It, it made no sense, but that's how I felt. Like, I understand that these are way stronger than me, but I feel like I have control when I hold on with my limited strength. I felt like I could do okay, but whenever I held on, I could not do the job that I needed to do. I could not be able to be useful like I needed to be useful, but I had to let go and allow something so much stronger than me hold the weight. And that's where a lot of us might be here tonight, that we're holding on when there's a hand that's so much stronger, ready to hold on to the situation, to grab hold. Because something's potential and something's ability to produce matters greatly whose hand it's in. If you put a piano in my hand, it is not music that comes out. But if you put it in my wife's hand, 
It's a beautiful sound. It's beautiful music. It's the same instrument. But the ability of the hand that is operating it changes the outcome. When your life, when your decisions, when your choices, when your relationships are in your hand, or in your thoughts, or in your operating system, you have a limit to as far as you can go. But whenever you give it to the hand that has the ability, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, the one who is the author and the finisher of your faith, when you put everything you have out of your limited hand into his eternal and strong hand, That is whenever the changes begin to happen. That is whenever your calling begins to become clear. That's when those prayers begin to be answered because you've taken your hand out and allowed God to move in it. Musicians, you may come. I don't have long because I don't feel like it takes a lot of words to get what God is wanting to say because I believe he has already said it to you and I'm just confirming it. We have something to give to God. If it's our talent, if it's our prayer that we've been holding on to, God is ready to move in it. But if we're not careful, we can be like the fig tree that when the Jesus and the disciples, they walked by and Jesus was hungry. And so he, want, he went to go get a fig, but the, the fig tree was not producing any fruit because it was not seasoned for it. That it wasn't the normal season for a fig tree to produce fruit. And so Jesus comes up to it and he looks for fruit, but because the tree said, hey, listen, no, it's not my season. It's not, I'm not ready yet. Not everything's perfect for me to give you what you're asking of me. So I'm, I'll have to wait until that season And it disappoints Jesus and it says the next time they pass by that the fig tree is withered and is dead. Scripture calls for us to be instant in season and out of season. That God is calling on you to give everything to him. But you are waiting saying, but listen, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know what I, we don't know what I've done. You don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what my school's like. You don't know what work's like. You don't know what my family is like. I, I don't know if I could give that to you yet, but just wait till I get it all together and it's my producing season. Then everything will be okay. But if we keep waiting, we will be like Felix. We will be never heard from again when God calls on us again. I don't want to be like that. One of my greatest fears is to be one of the stories that people say he could he could have been he could have been something. He could have he had so much potential. He had so much potential. My greatest fear and a thing that I pray often is that I'm never one of those stories. That I'm never one that had potential but never gave it to God. I was never a part of the kingdom of God because I decided to wait and to look at the clouds and look at the wind and make sure everything was perfect before I released the seed onto the water. But God's hand is open tonight for you to let go of whatever it is. If it's a hurt, if it's a burden to to start doing something, if it's something that you know has been working in your spirit, but hesitation, fear has been blocking you, tonight's the night. That now is the acceptable time. If everyone could stand...
workplaces, our schools, and even ourselves can't afford to try to hold on to what we've been given anymore. Now, I'd heard a story recently. It was this, this woman that, that the police had come to check on her because nobody had seen her in a while. And so they come to the house and they find, and they find this, this older woman and she had passed away. And so they were already, you know, it's already a sad situation as it was. And so they began to kind of investigate and see what was going on. And they realized and discovered that, that she had died of starvation. And so they went and looked in the house and they looked and they opened up the pantry and there was stocked up of food. Of hundreds of cans of, of everything. There's so much food there, but yet she died of starvation. And they began to ask around and they discovered that she was, she was a doomsday prepper. And that she decided she wanted to save everything she could in case something went wrong. That she wanted to get a hold of everything and hold on to it just in case maybe I might need it. And so she would eat a little bit but then store it away when she needed it later. And it became more and more and increasing until where she eventually starved. With a pantry and with a house full of food, starved to death. That may seem extreme. But when we've been given the potential, when we've been given that faith, and when we've been given the gift of God, but we never let go of it, we never allowed it to be used, and we never apply it to our lives, we can die of spiritual starvation with a pantry full of gifts and of seed and of grain. And so I'm opening these altars here tonight. You have felt the call. If you have felt... Like there's more that I can do, that there's more in my hand I haven't given yet. God is ready, that the waters are ready for the seeds to be cast out upon. That God is getting ready to pour out blessings on you. You may not know when, you may not see the results immediately, but it can never happen if you don't let go of it. God, I never want to be wasted potential. God, I never want to die of spiritual starvation. God, when you have given me so much to use, when you've given me so much, God, I don't want our schools, God, to go hungry when you have given me food. I don't want our world to be starving, God, when you have given me something that can help them. God, I don't want fear to get in the way anymore. But God, I pray that our faith rises up. That we say, I don't know what the result is going to be. I don't know what's going to happen with this seed. I don't know what is going to happen with this grain. But God, it's out of my hands now. And God, it's in your hands. And I know what you can do with it is greater than anything I can ever do with it. Jesus. I pray for every single person in here tonight. Do not hold on to it anymore. Whatever it is, God, you know our needs, you know our hearts. And you know what to do with it.
myself to you Oh, my life is not my own To you I belong I give myself, I give myself to you My life is not my own To you I belong15 seconds of praise God for what he has done Father thank you Jesus for moving in this place God thank you for your strong hand God that can hold it and that can uphold us when we are too weak God we give you all of the glory we give you all of the praise in Jesus name God hallelujah Jesus I pray that you're with every single person this week that you move with us and through us Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank every single one of you again for coming out, for supporting our youth, for being here. It's 100% easier to be anywhere else. And I'm glad you made it here. And I believe that we are marching in.
to revival and victory this week. Thank you all, and y'all have a great week. Amen. Keep on.